0: Welcome home, everyone. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons and you're watching Legacy TV. We'd love to share with you today the word that the Lord has given us here at Legacy Studios and we trust that you'll be blessed by it. Yeah, so stay tuned to this. This is part three of Faith House. If you've missed anything leading up to it, you can always watch or download everything you missed for free online at pearsonsministries.com. You're gonna be blessed by this today. And we'll see you again after the broadcast to pray with you before we go. Verse 28, Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come on. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous or that when the wind was strong, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, I got you, baby. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Come here. Come here to. Come here to Jesus. Is that what he said to him? No. He said, "Oh, you, of little faith." You look that up. It means little trust. Too, too little trust. Sarah and I didn't talk about this, and for her to to say to tonight and sing, "Oh, for grace to trust you more." Jesus said to Peter. Trust is too small, and then he said to him, "Now the question: Why did you doubt?" Okay, so faith people, what do we normally do? You have little faith. Why did you doubt? But and it's good and it's right. But come on, get, get the essence of it again. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And and it almost it's like obvious, Jesus, why he would have doubted. You know, he's, he's on water and, and not sinking. And then, you know, the winds come. and, and so, so what is it that Peter doubted? Did he, did he doubt his own ability to walk on the water? Well, yeah, uh, of course. But that's not what this is about. What is it Peter doubted? He doubted something. That word doubt, Greek duo, it means twice. It literally means twice. What did he think twice about? Come on, go back. See if you can find it. What did he think twice about? Where's that doubt? Let me give you a hint. You you ever heard Brother Copeland or any of the other, the root of the faith preachers say, the the badge of doubt, what if? If, right? If, the badge of doubt. If this doesn't happen. Well, yeah, well, what if it doesn't happen? Yeah, I'm believing God, but what if it doesn't happen? Come on, faith folks. I know you've heard it. What did Peter say? Everybody was afraid, and Jesus dealt with the fear. He said, take your courage, it's me. Do not be afraid. And what did Peter say? If. If it is you. Now, I don't know that I've seen it quite like this before, and I'll be honest with you, I'm still a little confused about the whole thing because we've so applauded Peter, you know, for getting out of the boat. But I, I, I gotta ask him, Why is it that to verify whether or not this is Jesus, why does it have to be, tell me to walk on the water? (laughs) Why has it got to be that? You know what I mean? Okay, this is family. Why can't it just be Jesus if it really is you? How many fingers am I holding behind my back? What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Jesus, if it, if it really is you, say the secret password. The password is you know, cinnamon. Jesus, if it really is you, if it's you, what song did I sing for you on your birthday? Why, happy birthday, of course. Elf? Anybody? Yeah, okay. See, household, we know this. Why does it have to be, tell me to come out there? I don't know. I mean, it's, see, it's bold, I guess, but I keep coming back to this other thing. If that really is you, if that really is you, what's the problem here? Jesus said it was him. Listen to the spirit he spoke to them in. Why should there be any doubt? Here are the two choices, Jesus or ghost. Jesus or demon. And he says, take courage. It's I. Do not be afraid. Sometimes demons tell you to not be afraid. Sometimes demons tell you to take. No, they don't. It's so it should be so clear, right? It should be right. If it is you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, "Okay, come. So it couldn't have been all wrong, but my heart just keeps coming back to this thing. Then at the end of it, instead of applauding Peter, if it really was the right thing to do, instead of applauding him, the first thing he said to him, I mean, Peter's soaking wet still. I mean, he hasn't even let him dry off or nothing. He didn't pull him aside. He didn't have a special conference with him later. He didn't try to spare him any embarrassment. It was, you have too little trust. You have too little trust. Wow. How is it you have no faith? Why did you doubt? Why, why when, you weren't, when you were back there in the boat, why didn't you just hear my voice and see me, see and hear, see and hear? They saw him and they heard him. You you can disagree with this. This is just what the Lord, I feel like he's saying to me. Peter had opportunity to say, it's okay, it's Jesus. It's okay, it's Jesus. Instead it was, if it is you, tell me to do something stupid. (laughs) And the Lord will let you, I guess. Lord ever let you do something stupid? Anybody? And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but man, I'm seeing this more clearly than I've ever seen it before, that Jesus is actually questioning these guys. You, of all people, what you've seen and what you've heard, where's your faith? And I gotta be honest with you, the reason this is coming so strong right now is because I think he asked it to me about two or three days ago. How is it, Jeremy, that you have no faith? I put you in the household of faith. I have put you under word that has changed the world over. I have shown you things and caused you to hear things that precious few, in in light of the billions that have lived and the billions that presently live. How is it, Jeremy? That right now in this moment, you have no faith. You're, you're sitting in a building that the Lord put us in. There's no doubt about it in my mind. He brought us here and he did a miracle. And maybe we'll get to tell you about it if you don't already know the story. But he did it. And the part of the building you're sitting in right now, we're, we're leasing this studio. We're, in just a moment, we're gonna go have dinner together. That's the building we bought. We own that. We own it debt-free. It's free and clear. God did it. To Him be the glory. He did it. He told us to be here, and then He showed us how He'd provide for it. He did it. He did it. He did it and gave us a preaching story for the rest of our lives in ministry. But what I've sensed over the last few months since we've been here is is everything that it's taken to build that out and the, and the plan that's growing on the inside and the vision that's growing on the inside and, and the checks we keep writing and the checks we keep writing and the checks we keep writing and, and the checks we keep writing and all of that. I mean, this is a new experience for us. And, and well, for a lot of people, it'd be small. For us, it's big. And we believe the next step in this uh, with the most light that we've got right now is to purchase this building that we're in. And I've done a really good job over the last several months of guarding my mouth. Faith boy gets an A plus <laughs> on guarding his mouth. Not so much on guarding my heart. I have, there are times I've allowed that pressure to start to get to me and the thought of how, how's this going to happen? How are we going to do this? And are we going to have enough to do this and that? And we got 30 of our friends coming in. Are we going to be able to do this and Again, I know enough, man. You know enough to guard this. But it I could sense that it was really weighing on me. And just a few days ago, like first week of October, I got to actually go see my grandfather. Um, we were in Branson at the same time they were, and I took the kids over there. Actually, before I took the kids over there to see them, I just went and had some lunch with them. We were sitting down just talking. Uh, we're not often in the same place at the same time. And sometimes we're away from home at the same place. And so we kind of take those opportunities. But I just started talking to him about what's going on here and what we're doing and these steps we're taking and all that. And, you know, I thought I was just talking. And I told him I said, man, I I really believe I need some correction or some direction or something because you've been where I'm at and you are where I'm going. So, So just talk, you know. He said, "Well, I can tell you the first thing is you need to cast the care. I can hear it in your voice. You're carrying the care." Wow. And that that's doubt. And I knew it, but I man, what I preached a year or more, a whole series of messages called Who Cares? <laughs> Probably in some of your churches. I know better than this. I know better than this, faith people, faith friends, faith buddies, faith family. I know better. I know better than to allow that to get in my heart. I know how to cast the care. I've been taught how to cast the care. I've been taught how to roll these things over. I've been taught how to live and how to walk by faith. And yet I'm letting this thing start to crowd me on the inside and start to press me. And Jesus, in his compassion and in his mercy, not with any frustration, not with any, any was it, reproving or, or condemnation. He says, Jeremy, how is it right now that you have no faith in this? And man, out of that came an assignment for you and I. Folks, it's time to get back up on our faith. You know better. I know better. The word we've heard and the gifts that we've been given. How is it possible that you and I would have no faith? It's only possible when you don't know the value of the gift you've been given. When you put something in somebody's hand, you put a tool in somebody's hand, you put ability or resource in their hand, the only way they don't get done what they need to get done with it is if they have no idea what it is or they have no idea how to use it. I could put a stack of $100 bills in my two-year-old daughter's hands. (laughs) And you know what she would think? Not food. That's all she would know. She had no idea what this can do, what you're supposed to do with it. She'd probably much rather have the box it came in. <laughs> and when you and I fail to see Jesus for who he is, and you're going to have to learn to see him through the storm. That's right. That's good. Yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff in the way, yeah. the wind was blowing. The waves were big, the boat's rocking, and there's stuff trying to get between them. But you're going to have to come back to what you saw and what you heard. When he called you into the ministry and he equipped you for this thing and he enabled you and he graced you and you saw him with your own eyes. And when the pressure comes in and the storm rises against you, it's time to go back to your roots. It's time to plug back into that vine that you and I both come from and not just have the ability to preach the message. Man, live it. You know what we got to do? You know what we got to do? Start talking to stuff again. Start talking to stuff again. I caught myself. Yesterday, some guy from the county office comes out here and starts going through permits that that we don't have and should have on these buildings. And his words to me were, you're in a bind. You're in a bind. And do you know how many times I repeated those words yesterday? Telling Sarah, oh, he said we're in a bind. (laughs) Telling somebody on our staff, well, he said we're in a bind. Telling, telling the other guys on the property. He said, we're in a bind. The Lord got all up in my face today and said, won't you start saying what I said about it? That no weapon formed against you will prosper. See, what this guy told me was, some of your neighbors have complained. Evidently, we live by some cranky people. But he said, won't you put my words in your mouth? Faith man, faith boy. Once you start saying no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn it because that's your heritage. That's what that verse says. This is your heritage and they are of me, says the Lord. There's your roots right there. How many times did I have to say I'm in a bind? I'm in a bind. I'm in a bind. Folks, quit taking it laying down. You Rama people, you know better. You living word people, you know better. You KCM people, you know better. You faith family people, we know better. Yeah. Do we not? Yeah. We know better. Yeah. When stuff comes against us, we put his word in our mouth and we say it till we believe it more than that's right. we believe the report. Because that's, right. that's our root. That's, right. that's our root. That's now there's people that hear that and they think it's crazy. They think you can't change things with words. Well, guess what? They hadn't been given the, the gift we've been given. We've been given a gift, the gift of knowing how to live and walk by faith. And Man, this has come up in me so, so strong in the last several months. The Lord did this for us. A year ago, right now, he directed us to go to Keith Moore's church in Branson till he said, stop. That's an eight hour drive, y'all. Wow. It's like, should we have given away that airplane? Because we could really use it right now. Eight hour drive with a two year old who doesn't like being in the car for like 30 minutes. And man, it was taxing on us and it was taxing on us. But we'd go and get in that environment and just walk into it. And that spirit of faith would just rise up in us. And it was like, man, nothing's impossible when you're in this place. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. And we had to hear this word and hear this word on faith in God and faith in God and faith in God. And there's so much revelation right now in the body of Christ on other things. And I'm all for it. I am all for it. Absolutely. And we can learn things from other families. Don't, don't misunderstand me and, say that and and think that I'm saying we're the end all be all. We're not. Right. But you got to stay on the tree you were born out of. What happens to a branch when you break it off the vine? It's dead. And it's really hard to put a branch on another tree. You're on this tree for a reason. You're on this tree for a reason. And the stuff, and I use that word, Decidedly, stuff that's come against you and trying to weigh on you, the people problems, the money problems, the strife issues, all this stuff, all this wind, all these waves, you're going to have to come back and lock your eyes on Jesus and let the vine feed your faith and get back up on your faith. Put his words in your mouth and say what you've heard him say. Declare what you've seen in your past. We're going to have to do this. Guys, family issues, marriage issues, whatever. Whatever. And I, and, and I know, Sarah and I know, because we know you guys. We, we, we've talked. and We know you got stuff. Everybody does. Everybody does. But we also know this by the Spirit. Sarah has prayed this. I've prayed this. And it's come up in a number of times that there are one or more of you in here that the last X amount of months or weeks or whatever have been agony. They've been a- agonizing. Here's your answer. Start... Speaking the word to it again. Yes. That's good. Amen. Now there's two reasons for this and I'm going to be done. This whole thing is supposed to fill up in you. This spirit of faith is supposed to take over and fill you up. But it's not supposed to stop there. It's supposed to overflow. It's supposed to overflow. That's what fruit hanging on a branch is. It's the overflow of what was in that seed. How many times did Jesus call faith a seed? That fruit hanging on the branch, the result of you abiding in the vine. If you abide in me and my words, my words, my words, we are word people, we are faith people, and if that word and that faith abides in you, you will bear fruit. It's just gonna happen. That's how it is. That's how he said it's gonna be. But it's supposed to fill up in you and overflow out of you. Me and you, we're faith preachers. Amen. I don't know if you tried to run from that. <laughs> I don't know if maybe you didn't want to be labeled that. But that's what you are. Unless you just don't want to be. And there are folks that have been born into this tree and don't, don't want to be. And they're doing something else. Yeah. And by the mercy of God, He'll help them because he loves people. Me and you, you're here in this room tonight because that's your legacy. That's your heritage. You are of the household of faith. You've seen way too much. You've heard way too much. You've been given this gift. And if it's not working for you, it's because you're not using it. It's because you're not using it. I mean, What's it do to you just to hear that good faith nourishing word? Buddy, what did, what did that guy who invited you to his church say? Come turn that faith hose on. Turn that faith hose on my people. I love it though. That's what they know this man to be. That's what they know this ministry as, faith. And they may not like you until they need you. And people just know it. They come to a point where they're like, I need some faith. Called Devon. <laughs> but they should be able to call any one of us. Come turn that faith hose on me and my people. And if there's been lack of any kind, any kind, financial, any kind at all, turn that faith hose on, guys. Come on, go back to the roots. Go back to the roots. Go back to the roots. Get up and walk by faith. Husbands, wives, if you've got something that's against you, don't, don't take this thing laying down, get up out of the floor. Fight Fight it. Thank you. That's it. That's a fight. fight. You put his words in your mouth and you fight to stay at rest. Wouldn't you agree? You and I have heard some stuff. We've seen some stuff and it's high level. It's so rich. Brother Keith said it while we were going to church over there for the last year. He said, the level of word you receive determines the level of life you will live. The quality of life you will live. The quality of the word you receive determines the quality of the life you will live. And it is so true. Man, I had to be in an environment where miracles were happening all the time. Where, where needs were getting met, needs were getting met. And still, I'm sitting over there in a the little corner of my house going, how are we going to pay for this building? And sitting there in the presence of my grandfather that day, do you know how small this need all of a sudden felt? This thing that I, was so big to me for so long, in the presence of faith personified, it felt so small. Almost to the point where I felt silly talking about it. I really did. Here's I'm sitting across from a man who just bought a television network <laughs> and is believing in God day after day to provide for it and to pay for it and as well as to provide payroll and benefits and dental for about 500 other people. Yeah. All of a sudden, this felt so small. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good for you to do that. It's good for you to take your problem and just shine some light on it and say, you ain't that big. You are not that big. I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.